Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at BlueNile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast, bringing you fun and soulful interviews with spiritual teachers with the aim of tuning you in and lighting you up with your host, George Lizos. Before we get started with today's episode, I'm excited to tell you that my second book, Lightworkers Gotta Work, The Ultimate Guide to Following Your Purpose and Creating Change in the World, is out now and you can order it globally on Amazon. If you're feeling the call to help make the world a better place, but you don't know where to start finding and following your life purpose, I wrote this book for you. It's packed with processes, rituals, and meditations to help you turn on your light and get it to work so that together we create a better world. 
When you order the book, you also get a two-hour live masterclass with me entitled Life Purpose Bootcamp, during which you'll get to find and define your life purpose in a specific two-paragraph definition. And you can visit georgelizos.com forward slash lightwork to get all the details. In today's episode, we're talking about the science behind woo-woo. And I'm sure we've all asked ourselves this question at some point on our spiritual path. Is there science behind all these alternative healing modalities we love and practice? Now, personally, I've always been very grounded in my spirituality and have searched to find scientific evidence behind what I practice and believe in. So when Dr. David Hamilton released his book, Why Woo-Woo Works, I knew I had to have a chat with him. And before I share this interview with you, here's where I stand on the interplay between science, spirituality, and alternative healing. So first things first, I do believe in science. That being said, I am aware that science is constantly changing and evolving. The whole point of science is to understand how the world works. And although we've understood a lot through the years, there's way more to be discovered and understood. Laws and facts that we take for granted today have been preposterous theories in the past. And as scientific research has improved, we have increasingly been more open to exploring new ideas. So from this perspective, although certain spiritual and alternative healing practices may not currently have a scientific basis, it doesn't mean they won't have in the future. That being said, many of the energy healing modalities we practice, such as Reiki, meditation, and crystal healing already do have a scientific basis. And this is what David and I talk in this episode. So specifically in this episode, you'll learn the science behind some of today's most popular alternative practices, how your thoughts, emotions, and beliefs have healing power, the benefits of nature and a holistic approach to healing, a fascinating link between consciousness and human connection, and the relationship between suppressed emotions and disease. When you're done listening to the episode, make sure to come in your Spiritual Toolkit Facebook group and let me know what you enjoyed most about it. And without further ado, enjoy this episode with Dr. David Hamilton. David has a PhD in organic chemistry and worked in the pharmaceutical industry, developing drugs for cardiovascular disease and cancer. Inspired by the placebo effect, he left the industry to write and educate around how to harness our mind and emotions to improve our health. He's now a best-selling author of 11 books and has been featured on Channel 4's Sunday Brunch and on CBS Sunday Morning in the US. David, welcome to the Lead Up Lightworker podcast. Thank you, George. And, you know, thank you, first of all, for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my God, I'm so excited to, to, to chat on the podcast. I mean, I've known you for a few years via my work with Hay House, and then we've had so many chats, but I'm so excited to chat about your new book, which I think is so exciting. It's a question everybody asks within the spiritual field, which is, what is the science behind all this quote-unquote woo-woo stuff that we talk about, like crystals and energy healing and meditation, etc. So before we dive into it, I'm curious, what was your inspiration and your desire around writing this book? The, the book came around in the strangest way for me, actually, because I, as you know, having previously worked in publishing yourself, normally an author comes in with an idea and pitches a book. And I've done that, you know, 10 times for my other 10 books. But this time, I didn't have an idea. 
usually, because I usually get an idea for a ne the next book while I'm writing a previous one, and I find research that doesn't quite fit the context of the one I'm working on, so I kind of park it, and I say, you know, I, I think I could build a book around that idea. It's really interesting. I'll, I'll put it to the side right now. But that hadn't happened this time. And so I, I asked for a meeting with Michelle Pelly, the MD of Hay House in the UK, because Michelle's always got a really got her ear to the ground, and I think she she knows, you know, what do people want? So I basically went to Michelle with my heart open, and my idea was how can I serve? And I basically said to Michelle, given what you see my skill set to be, how do you think I could best serve readers out there? What could I best do? to answer a question that people have or, or to give people what would be of real value. Because normally the author thinks, this is what I think people like, and then I'll go write it. So this time it was the opposite way around. And I basically asked Michelle, how do you think I could best serve, given what you know about the questions people are asking in publishing right now? And, and, and she said, well, I, I was actually thinking something like why WooWoo works. And we both laughed because Michelle said, obviously we'll not call it that. But it was funny, and I said, yeah, I'm not calling it Why Woo Works. But it's funny how the name just kind of stuck. And the more people in Hay House and in marketing people Michelle mentioned it to, everyone said, I really love that name. And then people I mentioned it to said, I really love that name. And it just sort of stuck. So it kind of came around in a strange kind of way. And it, it stuck perfectly because this is a term that we all use in the spiritual industry, like playfully with one another, like um, we're into woo-woo stuff, like we're professional woo-woos, but so it makes perfect sense to ask a question around that. So talking about the science behind it. So I've, there, there, are, there are different books out there. You write about the science and spirituality and where they meet, etc. But when it comes to like energy healing, crystals, meditation, what... I've heard from people, it's some people like, yes, there is definite science about it. Some people are like, well, there are theories that haven't been proven. There are quantum physics theories to suggest that, but they haven't been proven on a bigger scale. So just a general question, just to set the tone of this interview. Is there science behind woo-woo stuff? Absolutely, yeah. And for some subjects, there are, there are, there are you know, clinical studies. Like, for example, Reiki and other things like, therapeutic touch and these kind of things. There's lots and lots of, of studies that have been done, even with hospital patients, which show reductions in pain uh, and reductions, you know, improvements in mental health in comparison with people not receiving the Reiki. For some other subjects, like crystals, where there wasn't any clinical stuff, what I did is explain how they work for us. Because you don't, because you, science, you can you can show something in, in different ways in science. You can actually show something with a, a scientific study with people, with patients, for example, or you can do something where you actually under you explain how a principle works. Uh, so so for, with crystals, for example, there's three distinct ways that scientifically you can say they work. Because you know one way with crystals, if I got one, uh, I had one handy there for as a prop here. Uh, for a clear, a crystal that's really clear works in cognitive psychology as what you might call a mental representation. So like a, a mental representation is when something represents something else. So in the Buddhist uh, teachings of Dzogchen, a clear crystal, high, high clarity, is a representation for the state of mind and the state of being that one wishes to attain. 
So the moment one puts their attention on the clear crystal and it's now attached to an idea, this is the state of clarity, it then becomes a mental representation, becomes a focus, it's, it becomes easier to focus on that which you wish to attain because its clarity is representative of that. So in the book, I explained some of the, the re science and research around that idea. And, and also what I did is clear up some of the, the misunderstandings that people who are skeptical of crystals have, because sometimes you find in, in healing and spirituality and energy work, it's not that there's no science available, it's just people misunderstand the language. Like people who, who work in the spiritual arts, for example, might use a particular set of language to explain something. But people in, you know, science and in other professional areas, don't under, they don't know that language. So it sounds as if they're talking woo-woo. So what I also did in the book is show the language is really just two different ways of understanding the same phenomena. And when you stitch the language together, what I think I've done quite well, at least in the crystals chapter, that we're talking about here is help to bring, you know, people who work with crystals and people who might be skeptical a bit together and, and say, wow, that's really interesting. I even tested this out with, with doctors and professionals uh, to see what they thought who might be quite skeptical. And look, this is really quite interesting. Actually, I hadn't realized that that's when someone says I'm program programming a crystal. I didn't realize that's what they meant. And so I cleared up the language barriers and got rid of the language barriers and showed how these kind of things work. So, I think that's so interesting that you essentially created a middle, a middle ground where I call them lovingly, quote unquote, muggles <laughs> and also woo-woo people <laughs> can come together. So we're able to communicate with one another and find like common ground on, on, on our belief systems and realize that just because we use certain words that are more niche or that are more specific, it doesn't mean that it's something completely different or quote-unquote magical from what you're understanding as well. Exactly. Um, that was one of my goals, actually, for this book, George, was to was to try to find common ground because, it, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be this or that. What I've actually said through the book, it doesn't have to be all mainstream and no alternative, or it doesn't, and it also doesn't have to be all alternative and no mainstream. What about a bit of middle ground when sometimes it's, more of this and less of that, but other times it's less of that, more of that and less of this one. Sometimes it's in the middle of the two, but there's always a fusion to be had. And so what I tried to do in the book is bring these two seemingly separate worlds together and say, you, we can work together in this. There is a lot of common ground and a lot of benefit for these you know, energy practices and crystals and all these different things. There is a lot of practical use and benefit from these things. It's such an important conversation to have, especially now that we're transitioning into like more and more people are opening to this kind of stuff and they need uh, something more scientific, for example, in the beginning to help them step into it and to give them permission to step into it. Now, one of the most popular um, alternative therapies out there is energy healing, whether it's Reiki, whether it's pranic healing, whatever it's whatever type of healing, there's a lot of chat and a lot of people that... Um, that actually train to become energy healers. I'm, I'm a Reiki master myself. So I've always wondered, and people always ask me, what is the science behind Reiki? And I always say like, it's life force energy. Okay, but how do you explain that from a scientific perspective? How do you explain that in well, the book? Well, first of all, I'm also a Reiki master. <laughs> oh, perfect, I didn't well, know that. You know, well, well, it's funny, it's not something I, I, it's not a conversation I ever really had with scientists and stuff, but I, I, I trained in Reiki about 20 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, and uh, 
I've not practiced it for a while. I've, I've dabbled in a number of different healing arts over the years. Uh, but, you know, to, to clear up in terms of energy healing, people often, skeptics often have an, an issue with the word, you know, bioenergy or biofield and all that. So I, I address this in the book. And I pointed out that, again, it's this language thing. So a biofield is just an electric or magnetic field that's generated by a biological organism. And that's it. There's nothing woo-woo. It sounds woo-woo, but it's not woo-woo. Like if I had to plug uh, my phone into the wall to charge it, then I'm using a, a physical electric field. But, uh, and so the electric field is generated by the circuitry, by the, the stuff in the house, by the power generation stuff in the, in the house, however that works. Uh, but if you generate the electric or magnetic field from a biological organism, i.e. a cell or in the body, which really occurs through the movement of calcium and, and sodium and potassium through ion channels and cells, that generates an electric field. But you don't call it a normal electric field because it's not generated by a wall socket. It's generated by a biological organism. So it's actually termed a biofield because it's generated by a biological organism. Now, there's movements of ions in and out of trillions of cells in our body and blood pumps all in a circuit around the body, what that does is it generates not only an, an electric field, but a magnetic field. So when it comes to energy healing, one way to understand, there's a few different ways to understand it as I've written in the book, and it depends on how you look at it. But one way to understand it is your state as a healer matters significantly. So if your state is one of empathy, compassion, or you're deeply, you feel deeply aligned with the the idea of service, I am here to serve, then what will happen is your field, the coherent, the coherence, I guess, if you measured it with a, a, a magnetometer, you can, in fact, I've got a little device, I go put my ear and I look at my heart rhythms. When you're in a state like that, then your heart rhythms are, or your heart rate variability, as it's called, is very stable. It's called coherent. Now that is only achieved when you're really in a stable relaxed state like empathy or compassion or how can I serve now the question is does your state therefore impact the state of the other person and it, absolutely it does so therefore as a healer if you're in a state that says I am here to serve and I have empathy compassion for you then immediately before you even do anything there's an impact of your state on the person's state and it's nothing like woo woo it's not a, a magical energy that scientists can't detect it is actually a, first of all, the way that your biofield guides or entrains, is to use the technical word in science, your biofield can guide or entrain the biofield of the other person. And here's the interesting thing, is the, the state of a person's biofield is correlated with the state of the body. Just like, for example, if I had a plate of food, then the, the temperature of that food is correlated with the temperature of the environment. If I was to change the, the temperature of the environment, like put it in the oven, for example, then that will change the temperature of the food. So the, temp the food itself is correlated with its environment. In a similar way, the human body is correlated with the biofield that surrounds it. So it's not just that uh, changes in you, how you feel your state of, of empathy or compassion or how can I serve that's affecting your biofield, but it's goes the other way as well. The biofield itself will affect the body as well. So one way to understand energy healing is purely on the basis of 
of the state of the healer will be impacting on the state of the per of the, the patient or the client. So that's one way uh, to understand it. But there is other ways as well, like like the the interaction of a person's consciousness with the other person's consciousness as well. And and uh, as I go further on in the book, I, I I put compelling statistical data showing that your consciousness absolutely does impact on the consciousness of another person. But if and only if you're in a state of empathy, felt connection, mm. if and only if, and I mean that really strongly, if and only if you're in a state of empathy. In, in other words, you can you establish as the healer a felt connection with the person, whether they're right here or even in another place. And there's lots of research on that, separating people and putting one person in an MRI scanner, for example. And again, the, the person's brain will react to the state of the other person. If and only if there's empathy, felt connection. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I love that you mentioned the term entrainment because I think that's really key to, to help people understand how one body can send energy or entrain that energy into into another body separate body and i've always i've also read that term around how crystals work in the sense that crystal ha crystals have their own vibrational frequency that when we place themselves ourselves next to them because it's stable our unstable energy field can entrain to the stability of the crystal is there science behind that or am i just making this up <laughs> no no again it's a language thing uh, but see, for me, because I've I've known a lot of people over the years, having trained and you know, did Reiki myself, I did crystal therapy 20 years ago as well. When I left the pharmaceutical industry, uh, I had worked, I did a PhD, I'd worked in a technical science environment after my PhD in, you know, high, high pressure technical science environment. Uh, and, and I knew in my heart that there was something to be learned from a fusion of East and West. It doesn't have to be all just the Western stuff that I was working on. There was a heart, there was a fusion to be learned. There was something to be learned from a fusion of the two. So when I left the industry, I spent a year or two diving into different types of experiential stuff. I, I did shamanic journeys. I did Reiki. I did crystal healing for a year I, every second month. And, and again, it comes down to a language thing. So quart, well, quartz, for example, has a property that's called diamagnetic. Now what diamagnetic means is it repels the Earth's magnetic field. Here's a good way to think about it. Let's say you're standing in the rain and the rain is pouring down. If you then put an umbrella up 
then what the umbrella will do is it will it will protect you from the rain and the rain will then move over and if there's someone standing beside you who doesn't have an umbrella they're going to get twice as much rain right so what the what the umbrella does is it bends yeah. the, the path of the rain onto anything in the vicinity so a diamagnetic substance does something very similar but it's not bending the, the path of the rain it's bending the path of the earth's magnetic field but what it's doing is bending it around itself which means it's dumping more of it onto anything in the vicinity. So the question I posed in the book, given that quartz crystal is diamagnetic, it absolutely anything close to a diamagnetic substance will get more of the Earth's magnetic field. So the Earth's magnetic field will be intensified in a, around the vicinity of a crystal. So the question I posed is, does, is that significant? Now, research is at an early stage, but there does seem to be evidence in, in science in a, a, an area of research called plant magnetoreception that looks at the changes to the intensity of the Earth's magnetic field, and it absolutely has an effect on the rate of growth of plants. And right down to the genetic level, recent research shows that plants that have a, a diamagnetic uh, element, zinc, in them, uh, plant soils, that have zinc, a diamagnetic mineral, the diamagnetism of the, of the zinc actually alters the activity of a gene that controls iron uptake. Now, iron uptake is, is crucial for, it, for the, the use of for how chlorophyll works. So in other words, if iron uptake is good, then a plant will be deep and green and will be dark green for, from the chlorophyll. So it turned out that that greenness, the, the activity of a gene was affected by the diamagnetism of zinc in the soil. Now, quartz crystal is diamagnetic as well. So I, I, I presented some of that evidence and left it as an open question and almost a challenge in science. Let's do some research on this. Because in my opinion, in my opinion, the diamagnetism of quartz does actually have an impact on biological processes. But to what degree, I, I actually don't know. But I did a wee bit of testing myself on plants. And so here's the language thing. When you talk about a, a vibration, we might call it a vibration. To a physicist, they will call it its diamagnetic index, its degree of diamagnetism, or its paramagnetic in index. Because some minerals, some crystals, have the opposite of a, an umbrella. They have a funnel, and they pull the Earth's magnetic field in and deprive it from the vicinity. But actually lowering the Earth's magnetic field can impact positively on plants as well. So uh, someone in the spiritual arts might call it a vibration, but in a physicist would call it its diamagnetic or paramagnetic index. It's just a, a language tweak, really. But it's the same idea. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's so interesting. And I think I'm just so used to talking with scientists about spirituality because my two best friends, one has a PhD in quantum physics, the other one has a PhD in epigenetics. And they're both spiritual. So I get to have these conversations because they get my spirituality, they translate it in their heads uh, in, in a scientific way. And then I, they, they, they explain that to me and it makes sense. But most people don't have <laughs> that experience. And therefore, when they meet someone who's in a completely different field and they, they there's some clashing. So that's why I believe like this book is so important right now because, as you said, it's going to create this common ground for us to start having this conversation and pushing the envelope of research so yeah. that we can find more answers about that. Yeah. Now, and, I love it. Yes, of course. Quickly, there is another way to understand the vibration 
as well, like a color, the different colors of crystals. Now, to a, to a physicist, uh, a color is really just the frequency of light that bounces off photoreceptors. Pardon me, that bounces off photoreceptors in our eyes, uh, and so uh, different colors of crystals. In a sense, they have diff they they vibrate in that sense, in in the sense that light of a particular vibrational frequency bounces off them and is absorbed by the eye. So they, your physicist friend probably will understand it in that sense, that the different color of a crystal represents a different vibrational wavelength of light. And here's the thing, I've got a big section in that chapter of the book also about how different colored crystals impact us. And, and I, I explored the science of color psychology and how, you know, for example, colors impact us dramatically. A study gave people a, 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 a cherry flavored drink, but they colored, they put a green dye in it and made it look bright green. Do you know 37% of people couldn't taste cherry and they could swear that it was lemon or lime. In other words, the brain processed the taste based on its color, based on what it should be given its color rather than what it actually was. So in other words, there was a, a brain process being impacted by your perception of the color. So I explained in terms of what we might call as vibration, I explained that different colored crystals, because of what color represents in the human psyche, will bring about actual effects in humans as well. So in terms of crystal jewelry and working with crystals, if you use a particular color through color psychology, it really can have an effect. I love how multi-layered and how multidisciplinary your approach is because you're not just seeing it from your like the, the chemistry perspective. You're going to psychology, you're going to physics, and you're merging all of it together. I think that's a very well-researched and, and well-rounded approach to, to seeing that. And I love that you also talked about um, nature and how nature is healing. And I mean, a lot of the alternative healing modalities out there are focused around nature. Something that I do myself, I'm, I'm working with flower essences, who, which are essentially the vibration of different plants and flowers, and you're allowing that vibration to work on the subtle layers of your being. Now, talking about nature, in general, not specifically about flower essences, but essential oils, like there's so many different healing modalities. How is nature healing, and is nature healing? Uh, nature is absolutely healing. You know, it, the human species in over eons, the human species and our pre predecessors have spent 99.99% of our time in nature and natural surroundings, and only 0.01% of our time in blocky built up surroundings. So the human body is attuned to natural surroundings. Now, uh, in comparison with the average background le level of stress that most people live with much of the time. Our ancient ancestors lived in a state of relative calm, where the, the, the calm portion, or it's called the parasympathetic uh, portion of the nervous system, was more dominant than it is for us today. For us today, the sympathetic, the stress response one is more dominant. It is, it's used much more often than it was back then. So now, so because of over eons, that relative state of calm became associated with, in the psyche and in our biology, with green spaces and natural surroundings, with, with trees and, and grass and flowers uh, and, and running water and the sounds of birds tweeting and, and bird song. Uh, and so nowadays, because 
what that evolved over eons. Nowadays, the moment we find ourselves in a green space, in a natural surrounding, the nervous system itself moves towards parasympathetic dominance. Now, I quoted lots of research that shows that actually happening. When scientists put people in a state of, of stress and they, they expose them to natural surroundings or blocky surroundings and watch how fast the nervous system returns to balance and it returns significantly faster in people who are exposed to green spaces, even if it's just the image of one on a computer screen or the idea of one, which, which in terms might resonate with the idea of, of the, the, the little plant essences you the flower essences you use, the idea of it as well. In one really clever series of experiments, scientists in Norway measured the rate of recovery of hospital patients, half of whom whose window gave them a panoramic view of nature in the hills and valleys and forests and trees. The other half, their window offered them a view of a car park or another hospital building. The recovery rates of those who had the panoramic view of nature were faster in their mental and physical health than those who had the view of a brick wall. And it's not just because it looks kind of nice, there's an actual impact on the human nervous system. At the moment we experience natural surroundings, it's not just that it looks pretty or it looks nice, it's not like that. There's an actual physiological effect of the exposure to nature itself. So in that chapter, I listed loads of research showing that the sights of nature and the sounds of nature even impact the rate of recovery, not just from operations, but pain, pain levels, pain thresholds, all these kind of things are impacted. Scientists duplicate a room in a hospital environment, but put flowers in one room and they measure the, the pain levels and the use of painkillers. And amazingly, people use less painkillers in rooms that have flowers in them versus plain rooms. David, I 100% relate to that and I have first-hand experience with it because last year, sadly, my dad passed away from cancer last, uh, earlier this year. And I, I was with him throughout the whole process in the hospital, from room to room, from hospitals to hospital. And I noticed that in places, in, in hospitals where he was in a room with no windows, completely institutionalized, he would be more upset and it would take time, longer time for him to heal. And I would always go with my essential oils and my aura spray and I would just work my magic around the room and then I could instantly feel him like lighting up and even like in the evenings where he couldn't sleep and he was calling me like at 3am in the morning I can't sleep I, I'm in pain I would go there with my essential oils in 30 minutes he would like calm down and go to sleep and my dad was the biggest muggle you ever met he did not believe in these kind of things but as soon as he saw that it worked he was reaching out to me like George can you please come do all the woo-woo stuff to me and I would come into Reiki and spray him with flower essences and, and do all that. And so it's fascinating how when we feel something, when we experience something, our whole perspective changes. When, when people try to challenge me around spirituality, I'm like, experience it. And then you'll see for yourself. So don't judge it before you do that. David, thank you so much for, for sharing all these fabulous tools with us. And of course, everybody can read why WooWoo works to get all the information, all the scientific information. I'm curious before we, we finish, what's your hope for this book and the future of science and spirituality? Well, I would like to see a closer integration of uh, what we call mainstream and complementary practices. I think that the, the, the future represents a fusion of the two. 
I think there's a lot of situations where a person might benefit more just as well or even more from a, a restorative process, a restorative practice, any practice that eases the nervous system into a state of restoration. Uh, and, and so many complementary therapies do that uh, very, very well. And indeed, and, and so I talked a wee bit about that. And I'd also like to see, you know, less animosity between the two camps. You know, I, I, I've always considered myself a bit of a peacemaker. I, I, I struggle in conflict. I, I, it, it impacts my nervous system. I feel anxious when people are in conflict and stuff. And so I, I, I really do struggle with that. And so I've always been motivated to try to, to bring co conflicting sides together. And so in this book, I, I hope I've done a, a decent job in trying to explain the language for these people that these people use and try to explain the language for these people that these people use and say, look, we really are all, we all have the same intentions. We want to help people. And, and there's, a, there's just a wee bit of a language barrier. And if we just understand that there is a lot of science there, which is most of the woo-woo science is only known to people who are working actively in that research field. And so it's not that it's actually woo-woo, it just doesn't sound plausible to a lot of people because they don't know that that research is there. So what I try to do in the book is just say, let's be friends, let's understand each other. And I'm sure there is a happy fusion of East and West, something yes. good to be found in the middle. And I don't even know what the actual answer is, it will evolve for itself, but there's something in the middle but we're all friends that that is the future i think there it's definitely started to happen because last year i did um, a university specialization in clinical aromatherapy it's not practiced so much in europe but in the us there are so many hospitals that are bringing in clinical aromatherapists who work with clients instead of using pain medication for example like applying uh, essential oils and how this can work. So I'm excited to see uh, how this goes. And David, can you please let everyone know where they can get a hold of the book and where they can get in touch with you? It, well, the, the book is available on Amazon and all, all bookshops and booksellers, I think. My website is where you can you know, get access to most of what I do, drdavidhamilton.com. And that's got links to my social media handle, some on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, so, but you can you can get all the links from my website. Yes, and of course you can find all the links in the show notes below. David, thank you so much for coming on to the Lit Up Light Worker podcast. I loved this conversation; so fascinating, and I can't wait for everyone to experience your magic and the magic of why woo woo works. Thank you so much, George, and thanks again for inviting me. It's been really great to catch up and have this little conversation. Thank you for listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at George Lizos to grab your free Lightworker survival guide and catch the next live episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. 